What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine Podcast. This is episode 23. I'm your host, Riley. This week, we have a lot to cover. Uh, we're going to recap the Sony Open. Kevin Nog grabs his fifth PGA Tour victory. It was just a really good tournament. A lot of guys in the mix. Brandon Steele making a run. Kirk making a run. Uh, Neiman again making a run. It was a really good tournament on Sunday afternoon. If you guys caught it, we're going to recap the Sony Open. Of course, we're going to preview the American Express course, history, key stats, data golf information, all of that sort of stuff. We're going to do a little preview also of the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship on the Euro Tour this week. Rory McIlroy is over there. Justin Thomas is over there. Terrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, Thomas Peters. The field is loaded. So we're going to do just a mini. I'm going to mention the course and go over a couple bets at the end of the show. But before we get into all of that kind of stuff, we have some headlines. The first one is kind of nonchalant. Trey Wingo. If you guys are fans of ESPN and watch NFL Countdown, NFL, their offseason NFL show, you guys know Trey Wingo. He spent 23 years, I believe, at ESPN. He has switched career paths, if you want to say that. He left ESPN, I want to say like a month ago, maybe a little bit more than that. But it was announced a few days ago that he's actually joining PGA Tour Live. So he's going to be calling the PGA Tour starting January 28th at the Farmers Insurance Open. Really looking forward to that. Trey's a huge golfer. He golfs all the time, just loves the PGA Tour. And the commentators on PGA Tour Live aren't great. It's a little awkward. Um, They had Bacon on there for a while, but he is hosting a show on Golf Channel now. So I don't know if he's going to be doing any more PGA Tour Live stuff. So Wingo's kind of the perfect guy because he's a vet with this thing and loves golf. So really looking forward to that. Actually, I've been a long time subscriber of PGA tour live pretty much since it came out. Uh, so I'm looking forward to some good commentary for that second one. And this one, you guys know how I'm looking at my article that I wrote about it. You guys know what I feel about this guy, Bryson DeChambeau this week blamed his frontal lobe for his master's performance a couple months ago. And I'm just over him. You guys know that I'm not a huge Bryson guy anyway, but this is kind of like his starting to be his thing. He's always, he's making excuses. It's, you don't have to make excuses, man. You just played bad. Like it's not that big of a deal. And it's just funny because after his round on Sunday at the masters, he already was coming out saying, Oh, I didn't feel good all week. Even though a week earlier, he was saying that he was going to play Augusta National to a par 67. He was going to play Augusta National as par 5 under. So he's going to shoot 20 under, he thought. And then he made the cut, I believe, by one shot or on the number. And then he went on to lose to Bernhard Langer, who's 63 years old, on Sunday when they were paired together by, I think, two shots. And it's just getting to the point where it's just annoying. He's throwing on-course tantrums. He's moving a ball because of ants. He's saying this kind of shit to the media. For a guy that's got so much skill, and he's coming off a U.S. Open victory, like, dude, you just won a major. You can have a down week. Like, it's not that big of a deal. He just continues to say annoying-ass shit, and his team is letting him do it. Like, they got to get off their knees and let and say something to Bryson because he's not getting portrayed (laughs) to golf fans very well with all the stuff that he's saying. And I'm not going to get too much into it just because you guys know how I feel about Bryson, but he is continues to be one of the annoying players on tour. And it's just, I'm over him. Last one. JT is no longer sponsored by Polo. 
Ralph Lauren. If you guys think Justin Thomas, you think Polo. When it comes to the PGA Tour, when you think Polo, you think Justin Thomas. They go hand in hand. That relationship is over. During the third round of the Century Tournament Champions, he uttered under his breath on a hot mic a homophobic slur. And so Polo came out with a statement saying he's no longer their player. And Justin Thomas, I think in my opinion, and a lot of people thought about this in golf media, golf Twitter was obviously very active during that time period when Polo announced this. Justin Thomas made a very sincere apology, I believed, after his round. He was very sorry. He apologized profusely. He said, that is not me. I'm sorry to anyone who was offended. And he went on. And I believed him. I think it was a very sincere apology. And whoever needed to hear it, I think it was a good enough apology for that. Do I think he should have been punished? Absolutely. Some people brought up the fact that he should have been kicked out of the tournament. Um, I'm, I kind of agree and I kind of don't, right? But what I don't agree with, I don't think, is Polo abandoning him. He makes one mistake, right? He's, th- he's been caught on hot mics before, right? You get fined for saying the F-bomb and all that kind of stuff. But I think it was a great opportunity for Polo to kind of be like, we're with you. We'll back you. It was a good apology. Now let's do the work to kind of mend the relationship with the people you offended and raising awareness for that community and all that kind of stuff would have been a great step. But instead they kind of just said, we're going to leave you in the dust here, which I can also see their side of it, right? I'm very on the fence about about the decision. Could he have chosen the thousand other bad words to say when he missed a punt? Absolutely. That is on JT, 100%. But do I think leaving him is a little bit too much. Yeah, I do. I, I think not allowing him to play in the fourth round might've been a little bit better than leaving, than leaving him as a uh, sponsored player. It was just crazy, man. It's crazy. That one word, which again, you could have chose a thousand words there to F bomb, just say, fuck shit. I missed the putt, whatever. That one's not good. You can't say that even though I know the players aren't looking for mics or whatever. At this point, you need to know that everybody's mic'd up. Every hole is mic'd up. That's what's making the viewership go. Everybody wants to hear the caddy conversation. So there's a mic everywhere. So the players, even though they're not really thinking about it, they just need to know and be careful about what they're saying. And it's just crazy. One mistake, Polo gone. They said the relationship, they're open if he grows, if he makes apologies, if he does whatever, awareness, all that kind of stuff. They're open to having him back. I don't see that happening. The statement they said, and I wrote this in the article, but the with the statement they said, it definitely sounded more of a goodbye to me. Like that was it instead of a see you later. And I get it, I guess, from Polo's vantage point, but I don't know. Like I said, I'm kind of on the fence about it. JT's one of my favorite players. There's no room in golf for that kind of, for that word. And he could have chose, like I said four times already, he could have chose a thousand other things to say. And he didn't. He chose the one that was definitely going to get some backlash from everybody. And that's it. Justin Thomas is no longer sponsored by Polo. I'm sure he'll go foot joy. I didn't see any pictures of him at the HSBC today, so I don't know what he's wearing. Um, I'm sure Nike's already made the call, but we'll see what happens with JT. Moving on after those couple headlines. Moving on. Sony Open. Kevin Na gets his fifth career PGA Tour victory. And I was actually reading today that he almost WD'd from the tournament. He had rib pain, rib injury Wednesday, but his trainer was there, kind of worked him out, and he was he was kind of good to go. 
And in my opinion, I didn't even bring him up last week on the show because nothing pointed to him having a great week. He had a second place finish at the QBE, but again, that's a team, that's a team event. So I didn't look much into that and nothing showed last week in Kapalua. He was 40th tee to green. There was only 42 guys in that field. He was 33rd on the greens. He did have a top 15 finish at the masters, but no other high finishes recently. And nothing pointed to it. That's why golf is crazy, right? He he just couldn't get anything going in Kapalua. And then he makes the short trip and then bang, wins the Sony Open. Crazy. Uh, he played his last six holes on Sunday, four under, really made a run. He was walking in every putt, right in everybody's face from five feet out. He's like, that's in, moving on. It was great. He's great TV when he's rolling it because those walk-ins are just obnoxious and it's just fantastic. Um, strokes gained-wise, seg- 73rd putting. 73rd, 23rd putting, excuse me, 44th off the tee, fourth in approach, like I said, was walking in everything. His first win since 2019 at the Shriners where he beat Patrick Cantlay in a playoff. Uh, Like I said at the top of the show, this was his fifth career victory. Um, Racking him up, Kevin Na, he won twice in 2019, I think uh, once in 2018, a couple years before that. So he's starting to rack him up a little bit. He's a very consistent player on tour. He was a great putter. He can get it going sometimes. Good iron player, solid off the tee, good enough guy. Um, I'm not a huge. I don't. I'm. I'm kind of indifferent about Kevin Na, right? Like he's not one of my favorite guys, but it was great to watch him play, man. Because when he gets it going, he's so confident. Putter, driver, everything. Club twirls, walking in putts. It's really good TV. So he gets his fifth win. The feel good story of the week was Chris Kirk, though. Finished tied for second, but what that meant was he kept his tour card. So if you guys don't know who Chris Kirk is, he battled. He was an alcoholic, battled depression, and he was on his final medical exemption this week, and he needed a high finish to keep his card. He needed birdie on the last hole of his tournament to finish T2 and keep his card for the rest of the year, right? He would have got into some events, but now he can play in anything because he birdied his the 72nd hole of his tournament. He birdied it, got his card. It was amazing retains his card just a really good story on sunday golf twitter was going crazy he was eighth in strokes and approach just a really good iron week he was just really striking the golf ball and he's kind of known for that a really good iron player but just a very very feel good story about somebody that just bounces back from everything and just kind of gets it done and that shoots that's not like 20 dollars on the line and you gotta you know what i mean that's not that kind of pressure that's oh shit i'm about to lose my job now i need to make a birdie on the last hole of this tournament to keep my card. So Chris Kirk, congratulations to you, man. It was awesome. My guy, Neiman, my guy, I've bet him on a couple of times, won some money. So I guess not really my guy. He's not one of my favorite players, but I've won some money on Neiman before. Back-to-back runner-up finishes for him. He was unbelievable in Hawaii, 45 under par in two tournaments, 25 under last week, 20 under this week. T to green, he ranked third this week. He was 31st in putting. That's right around the middle of the pack from the guys that made the cut. He needs to improve on the greens because his ball striking off the tee scale are crazy good, especially ball striking. His iron play is ridiculous. He needs to get it going on the greens. I don't know if that's switching up the putter, whatever he wants to do, but really focus on putting the next couple weeks. He'll have another victory. Top 10 wise, there was a lot of guys there. Colin Morikawa um, gets his, I believe he was T7 last week as well in Kapalua, but he was also uh, seventh. This this week, he had another great week, man. Another another great iron player. Brandon Steele was making a run. Um, he kind of slowed down near the end of his round. He was two over on the back nine. 
and uh, couldn't really get it going after that. Billy Horschel was up there, the only polo guy that I can even name. Smiley Kaufman stinks, so I don't even know where he's at, but Billy Horschel, the polo face, I guess now. Daniel Berger playing really good golf. All these guys are just really good ball strikers. And the guy that just broke my heart, because I had him on the, sh- I ended up betting him top 20 just to kind of cover myself on my, on the personal card. But Russell Henley, man, we had a value pick of him last week, top 10 for really good value and T11. So that, that is very much disappointing. That stinks. Couldn't really get it going on the front nine on Sunday. He played it even. And then he only made, he played his last five holes at two under. He just did nothing on Sunday. Anything else would have been good. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of a heartbreaker. And then another heartbreaker, Grio needed a birdie on the 18th, which is a par five, to finish in the top 20 after round one. He didn't make it. He finishes T23rd. That would have been plus 335. We missed two huge value bets this week. So we're really looking, really looking forward to bounce back this week at the American Express. We hit Charles Howell, but I was looking for those big value bets. That would have been awesome. But yeah, it was a really good tournament. I don't you normally watch the Sony Open, but I did catch some of it because uh, my boys, the Patriots, are not obviously in the playoffs. So I caught a little bit of golf this weekend, and it was great. It was a great tournament. So Kevin Knock, congrats on the fifth PGA Tour victory. Uh, before we get into, I'm going to do the American Express last, obviously, because that's kind of what we do. We cover PGA Tour betting. But let's just cover the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship real quick. So course. 7,500 yards plays to upwards of 7,600 yards. I believe that's, you know, going to change par 72. This golf course, big, big names win at this golf course. You need to be a ball striker and usually a pretty big name. Um, so Roy McIlroy sits at the favorite plus 600, according to DraftKings. JT's right there at plus 700. You just need to be a big name to win here. That's usually the case. Rory, he's played this event eight times since 2010. He has finished second or third seven of those times. He loves this golf course. Um, videos of him, and I put some into the YouTube video, are coming out hitting the new sim driver on the range over there in Abu Dhabi, and it sounds like he's going to hit the ball 450 yards. So that's going to be awesome. I cannot wait to watch that. Obviously, with the time change, you're not going to be able to watch it a lot. It's going to be a lot of re- uh, recaps and whatever, highlights. But Roy looks like he's in for a good week. He has incredible history here. Seven out of eight appearances since 2010. He's finished in the top five, second or third. So I'm going to probably dabble. You can't get good value, obviously, with a top 10. I think he's like minus 140 for a top 10. But for a top five, you can get a plus 150. So that might be something to look into. Good history at the course. New driver in the bag. Um, Ventus Black, I think, is the shaft in his new driver. I'm going to take it. I'm going to bet Roy top five at this tournament just because that's what he does at this course. Another guy, Tommy Fleetwood, another one of my boys. He won this event in 2017 and 2018 back-to-back years. He's one of the best ball strikers on the planet. You need that at this golf course. It's a ball striking paradise at the, excuse me, at this place. You need to be able to do that. His recent finishes on the Euro tour are outstanding. You take a top 10 here with Tommy Fleetwood and you get plus 138. That's another bet I'm considering. And then a guy that maybe many of you probably don't know, Victor Perez, his last start of the Euro Tour was solo seventh in Dubai. He hit 70% of green, so he's a good ball striker. He That was 70% back in 2020 because he hasn't made a start in 2021 yet. And last year at this tournament, he finished runner-up. And you can get good value, top 20 plus 150. So runner-up last year, good ball striker, good recent history, seventh in Dubai. I'll tell you, he made the cut at the Masters. If that, you know, take that 
how you wish, but you can get top 20 plus 150 on DraftKings for Victor Perez. So those are kind of the three bets I'm thinking about um, for the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. I'll probably mention, I'll sprinkle in a couple bets at the end of the betting article going on twilight9.com on Wednesday late morning uh, just to confirm some stuff and some odds. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking so far. And with that out of the way, let's finally get to the American Express. That's why we're all here, betting predictions and picks. So it's the first week of the West Coast Swing. It was a couple great weeks in Hawaii. Those tournaments are always great, but now we're back to the mainland, the mainland 48 for the American Express. It's usually played at three courses, so it's a very unique tournament. It's usually kind of a pro-am kind of thing like Pebble Beach, but this year, because obviously because of COVID-19, they are not doing that, and they're also moving it to only two courses, the Stadium Course at PGA West and the Nicholas Course at PGA West. So they're only doing two courses, so the cut now is going to be after 36 holes, where it's normally after 54 holes because of the three courses. They each play a course once, and then they make the cut in the final days at the Stadium Course. This year, Thursday, Friday, and then they cut because of only two courses. So it's going to play a little different than normal. And the third course that they kicked from the rotation is usually the easier one. The last, I believe, five or six winners here have been 20 under or deeper. But because they're kicking out the easiest course, the scoring is going to probably be a little bit a little bit higher this year. Field. This field is usually lacking of some guys. It doesn't, it doesn't have a bunch of firepower, but that is not the case this week. Um, four of the top 15 players in the world are here. Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantlay, or a couple of them, Matty Wolf also. John Rahm was actually a WD today. So originally, you know, we were going to talk about John Rahm. He was the betting favorite plus 600, I think, coming into this week. He was a crazy favorite. And he plays desert golf all the time. This is desert golf. It makes sense. But he actually WD'd. No reason. When I read the article, there's no reason why he's not playing this week. It didn't come with anything. But Patrick Cantlay is now the betting favorite. Uh, joining them, I already said Matty Wolf, Sungjae Im is here, Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler, and lefty Phil Mickelson. The defending champion is Andrew Landry. He won last year's playing by two shots, and he currently sits at plus 25000 to repeat. So if you bet 100 bucks on Landry and he wins again this week, you are going to win $25,000. Um, like I said, pre-tournament favorite John Rahm, WD from the tournament. Courses, quick quick uh, preview of the courses. Stadium course at PGA West is a par 72, right around 7,100 yards. Pete Dye design, which we'll go over in a second. And then Nicholas course, par 72, 7,100 yards, 7,200 yards, somewhere in there. And the design of the course is in the name. Both courses feature Bermuda grass, which is key. Same grass they've been playing on. Quick point, actually. The stadium course is not a very liked course on the PGA Tour. Not a lot of guys like this golf course. A lot of the guys think that it's a not a very fair test of golf. It's a very hard golf course, a lot of forced layups with there's a Pete Dye thing, but Pete Dye, when he was alive, had a very amazing quote. He said, golf is not a fair game, so why build a course fair? I get it. That makes sense. So it's a very difficult golf course. Key stats approach. Throughout the stadium course, there are many forced layups. That's kind of a Pete Dye thing, meaning bombers won't have a very heavy advantage this week. You need to hit certain spots in fairways instead of just bombing it. The average drive, I believe, is like 275 yards, somewhere around there, and only 10% of um, drives on this golf course go 300 yards or further. 
Bombers have won here in the past, but really it's who plots their way around this place more often, especially since there's going to be three rounds at this golf course this week instead of two. So those iron players are going to be very, very, very important because with the forced layups, a lot of players are going to be driving it into the same zones during the fairway, meaning you're playing to the same yardage, meaning whoever hits those irons the best are going to be higher up on the leaderboard if they putt well. So strokes gained approach is going to be huge. Some data golf information. Course fit. Number one, Trump National Doral. Number two, Torrey Pines South. And three, Trinity Forest Golf Club. I don't know Trinity Forest, but I know the other two. Irons, irons, irons. Trending. So trending. Recent finishes. Data Golf takes this all into account of players in the field. Number one, Patrick Reed. His last three starts are a T10, T3, and T21. Patrick Cantlay, he won, then T17, then T13. And Pat and Kazire, T10, T32, T7. So those are the three best trending players in the field. And then percent chance of win, according to data golf, takes in a bunch of stuff, baseline model, course history, course fit, all that kind of stuff. The top three, Patrick Cantlay, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Reed. Patrick Cantlay is now the betting favorite because John Rahm is not here anymore. You can get good value plus 1700 for Scotty Scheffler. And then Patrick Reed starts at plus 1500. They're all right around the same area. Patrick Cantlay has plus 1300. Uh, going down the list a little bit further, you can get Tony Finau plus 1700, Brooks Kepka plus 2100, Sungjae M plus 2100, Maddie Wolf plus 2300, Answers plus 3000. Um, the guy that screwed us last week, Russell Henley, is plus 3500. Cameron Champ is down there at plus 4000. And again, He's not going to be able to use that driver to his advantage this week. He's averaging the most yards on tour. He's going to have to step up the irons and hit three woods off tee, two irons off tee, stuff like that. Ricky Fowler at plus 4,600. It's getting to the point where Ricky Fowler is just getting no, I mean, super value. I was going to say no value, the opposite. Because you never know with Ricky. He can turn it on. He can turn it off. He's one of the most overrated players on the PGA Tour, but everybody loves Ricky. I love Ricky. I'm a Ricky fan. He's kind of due for a win. Um, He won at the Waste Management, but it's... He needs to start winning more. So Ricky Fowler, that's huge value. You can get really good value for him at top 20. I bring, I bring up the waste management, Desert Golf, kind of the same thing. He's a good iron player, so we're going to look at some value for him. And before we get into the bets, two things. I already mentioned them to consider this week, history at this golf course and iron play. Iron play is kind of, you know, strokes gain approach, whatever. But I take history into account so much just because tour players aren't huge fans of this golf course. So if you come in with a shitty attitude, blah, 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 you have to play it three times now instead of two. You don't have a good history at this golf course. You're going to be in even a worse mood. I think guys that have played well at this course in the past are going to, again, play well this week just because that's just a gut feeling that I have. It's all about what you've done at this golf course because you can get a vibe at a course that other players may not like. That's in your advantage. So those are the two things that I'm going to worry about this week. Um, Again, so before I go over these, DraftKings hasn't released the full spectrum of bets yet. So they have obviously winner top five, top 10, top 20, but they have limited matchups, no top 30s, no top 40s yet. So at the time of this recording, we're not going to mention any of those. Of course, when those come out, they'll be featured more in the betting article that comes out Wednesday on twilight9.com. So make sure you guys look out for that. That's going to be the card. Again, I'm doing a YouTube video now for the bets for the official betting card. There's going to be a separate YouTube video. So share that around whenever you see it. Um, It's going to be featured in a different a couple different websites. So that's pretty cool. But that's why I'm not going to mention any top thirties or forties or matchups and any stuff. Cause there's not a bunch on, um, on DraftKings right now. So I'm going to mention three names so far and they're not probably, I have them written down as top twenties right now. They might go further down the list just because two of them are really good value at top 20 and I'm not 
loving at that, obviously, because they're harder to win. So top 30 is a little bit more comfortable. But let's start with the defending champion. Andrew Landry, top 20 plus 650. 650 for a defending champion at this event. That is ridiculous value. He also has a runner-up back in 2018. He missed the cut last week at Kapalua. But even though, whatever, recent form, you might think that's a big deal. In 2019, he finished T18 here, so a top 30 finish after missing the cut at Kapalua. So he misses the cut last week or whatever, two weeks ago. He did the same thing, and then he finished top 30. So that's something to take into mind. He can bounce back out this golf course, which is huge. He has a recent top five performance, T4 at the RSM a few weeks ago. So all that, you could see him bouncing back from a missed cut here again. Like I said, top 20, I don't know about that. Even with the top 30, with a number like plus 650 for a top 20, you can only imagine the value you can get to a top 30, thinking plus two, three, maybe even 400. So I'm going to wait until those odds come for sure to hit probably a top 30 or 40, depending on where the value lays in there. But Andrew Landry is probably going to be on the card. Uh, Another value one right here for a top 20 is Adam Hadwin. He loves this place. He loves this golf tournament. He missed last year's playing due to the birth of his son, so he wasn't here. But before that, starting in 2016, here are his past results, 2016, 2017, and on. T6, solo second, T3rd, T2nd. And he had the trophy ripped from him and that T2nd. He has to win this golf tournament at some point. That's just how it works. He needs to win This is too much value for a guy that has that kind of history at this golf course. He hasn't finished outside the top 10 in five years, and one of those is a T6, so really top six. That's crazy value. I was thinking top 10, but I even think that top 20, he hasn't been playing fantastic golf recently, so I don't know if you want to totally bank on course history here. I am. So I'm going to probably keep him there at that spot at top 20. Adam Hadwin plus 300. I think he just loves this golf course so much. It brings vibes. Horses for courses is 1,000% a thing. And I think this is one of those times where Adam Hadwin just loves this place, needs to win here eventually. And I think top 20 is a little safe, to be honest with you, Adam Hadwin plus 300. And then the third one that I'm thinking right now, before I go back to the standings and stuff, is, is good old Abe, Mr. Answer. He's killed me the last two weeks. He, I think I had him a top 10 in Kapalua in a short field, and he finished like 20th something. And then last week I had him top 20, and he didn't make the cut. So he's hurt me a lot recently, and I don't know why I put him back on the card. But if it hurts me again, he's off. But I just think his first win has to come at some point, right? He's too good. His iron play is too good this week, especially since the driver is going to be kind of in the bag. You can hit three wood off the tee, going to be in a lot of fairways, and then you're going to be able to take advantage of your iron play. Answer is an outstanding iron player. He's got to get it going on the greens. His last two appearances at this event are both top 20s, and one was a solo second last year. So if he keeps that history going, He ranks 7th in fairways in regulation, 28th in greens in regulation, both pretty good, so he's a good tee to green player. If he has a bad week again this week, he's in my shit list. He's gone. Done betting on answer. But I think that this week, hopefully with the course history and all that kind of stuff, hopefully he's looking to bounce back. Top 20, Abram answer. Two top 20s, like I said, in a row. Plus 163. So his value is going down a little bit. That's when you kind of hop on it. Plus 163 for a top 20 with his kind of his kind of skill set. I love that top 20 answer plus 163. 
So guys, those are the three I'm thinking of right now. If I want to run down the field real quick for top 20s where you can find some value, I think Russell Henley is another one, plus 163. I think, again, with an iron stressed week where you're going to need to gain strokes with your iron play, Russell Henley is a guy that pops right into mind. He's a fantastic iron player. If we get a little bit more safe with him, maybe not top 10, but plus 163, you can get him for a top 20. I think that's really good value. If you want to go back to Russ, that's a good bet, I believe. Um, Matty Wolf, great desert player plus 150 for him for a top 20, which I think is really good value as a top 15 player in the world. Hasn't been playing great recently, but again, incredible ball striker. I could see him winning at this event. Going down maybe even further, uh, Patton Gazire. I mentioned his name already. He's third in trending of the players in this field. He's plus 300 for a top 20, which is insane value of a guy trending in the right direction. So you could go him. Russell Knox is a good iron player, but yeah. That's it, guys. That's what I'm thinking so far for the American Express. That's what I'm thinking so far for the um, Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. Really liking those bets, actually. I think Tommy Fleetwood, again, I mentioned horses for courses already. Tommy Fleetwood is a guy that just seems to play well at this event year in and year out. Same with Rory McIlroy. Those two guys are ridiculous at this golf course. So betting, putting money on them this week seems like a pretty good idea. Rory McIlroy, top five, plus 150. And then you can get Tommy Fleetwood for a top 10, plus 138. I did not think he was going to be plus odds for a top 10 just because of his course history here. Back-to-back winner in 2017 and 2018. But... For that kind of value, top 10, I like that also. And then Victor Perez, I mentioned his name. You guys have never heard of him probably. Um, But top 20 plus 150 for the runner-up of this tournament last year and has a recent seventh finish on the Euro Tour. I just think course history, recent, recent form for a top 20 with that kind of value. He's really good. Averages not, he's not crazy long off the tee, a little like 303, I think, but his iron play is fantastic. So I like that bet also top top 20 plus 150. But yeah, that's it guys. That's everything. Jam packed show. Really looking forward to continue growing the show, getting a few DMs this week. Um, just encouraging the show. Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you guys haven't checked out the Twilight Nine YouTube channel, check out us on Instagram at Twilight Nine Pod. We're on Twitter too, but again, that's just kind of for like article announcements. If you want to follow, follow just to keep up with twilight9.com and Keep an eye out on the twilight9.com blog. The betting article goes up Wednesday late morning, like I said, and then it's going to be sprinkled in some other stuff. I'm going to start doing reviews on stuff, um, different different training aids and range finders and all that kind of stuff. There's already a couple on there. But go follow all the socials. Share the show around. Make sure you're sharing it with family and friends. We're growing pretty well, actually, faster than I thought we were going to, and I love doing it. So share it with everybody, and I will talk to you guys next week. Yeah.